everybody, and welcome to Soundcheck, the rock and roll and alternative music podcast here at Central Michigan Life. Andrew's letting me do the intro today. My name's Michael Livingston, and I'm you always... I said my name. I, I you, stole my thun- name. you stole my thunder there, Michael. It's okay. It's, it's Andrew James Mullen. Andrew James Mullen, the third Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... What is this intro? I don't, I don't really know what this intro is, but, uh... We're back. We're back at it again with another. You, you act like we've been away for like action-packed, star-striking, you know, earth-shattering episode of Soundcheck. Today we're doing something <laughs> I've never done before, but Andrew's done before. Um, doing a top ten list yeah. um, because I mentioned Michael. We haven't done one yet, and I thought we mm-hmm. should at least do one because if you look at if you look at like especially on YouTube, those seem to be those they're everywhere. They yeah. seem to do well, so we're kind of selling out here. We are selling out. But, but that's, that's fine. That, I think feel like we've done that before. And yeah, and we're putting our own little personal spin yes. on it and everything, so I think so, we'll be all right. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about, and this is slightly personal, but I think we've the method that we've done, I feel like we've tried to make this ob- as objective as possible. For sure. We're talking about the top ten best um, debut albums of all time. Sometimes an artist takes a little bit to uh, reach the heights creatively that they can, maybe even commercially. But sometimes an artist hits it right out of the gate, whether exactly. it be with the quality of the music, and sometimes they're lucky even a breakthrough album on their first go. Yeah. So It's rare, but it happens. I don't think it's as rare as people think, but yeah, you're right. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times it does, before someone has that smash diamond status record, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a few albums. Yeah. So anyways... Um, I'm very excited about this one for, yeah. for a really weird reason. I am reason. too. I really enjoyed the process of putting this episode together. Be- personally. Because but the reason why I think it's weird, though, is because it involves math. Yeah. Something I hate, like, a lot. Yeah. Never good with math, but I think we made it work here because um, I'm stealing an, epi- stealing an idea from one of my personal favorite podcasts. Shout out to Going In Raw, the best wrestling podcast <sighs> ever. So... Don't give me that, I'm Michael. Sorry, I'm cringe. You can, y'all can hear my cringe <laughs> every time he talks but, about this shit. I'll keep this brief, okay? Point point is they have a they have something they have their own rating system where they try to rate how good a wrestler is based on you know certain criteria, and then they and then they kind of they rate each specific criteria out of ten, mm-hmm. and then they add, when they add up all the scores divided by the total out. number right. of a thing, and then you get you get a score. I think everyone knows how percentages work. <laughs> so today we are doing um, today we, we so I decided to come up with our own rating system with our own metrics to um try and come up with a, 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 a somewhat at least a somewhat objective way mm-hmm. of rating these albums based on how successful it was commercially. Mm-hmm. Now is the best way to rank an album, but I think for a debut it's part of how impressive it was. That's sure. how hard it how high did it chart? How how much did it sell? Mm-hmm. You know, you can even look at that over time. Uh, the quality, how good is the album? That's a pretty important one. Yeah, and that's that's all. And these next three categories are based off of our own personal. Yeah, it, the quality of the songwriting, the quality of production, I mean, that how one's accessible the most it is. Yeah. Ob- objective one yeah. there, and then impact, initial kind of initial impact. Looking at like the first ten years or so, it was out. Like, how did the music? Seen, you know, especially mainstream, but underground counts as well. Mm-hmm. You know how how did it change the music scene? What were other bands trying to copy what they were doing, or were they innovative? Innovation's a big one too. Mm-hmm. You know, so something even a great album it doesn't always it is sometimes following the trends as well. Mm-hmm. So that would probably knock it down on like the impact score. Right. 
And then legacy. How well has it held up? How people, how finally remembered is it? Is it still being played on the radio? Do people talk about it? Do people cover it? Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So, and then all, so that's, you know, so qual- commercial, quality, the- impact, legacy, or as you called it. The squirrel rating. Nothing. Which is a, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we're going to call this from now on. Yeah. We ever bring it up again. Um, and obviously, this method is just something we came up with. It's gonna some. It's something that's gonna evolve over time. It's something we're gonna get better at over time. We're gonna become more object- objective over time. So, the more top tens we do, the more accurate yeah. you, and but, the more but, but official our opinions. Here's get. the rule, Michael: the math doesn't lie. The math doesn't lie. Only we lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because sometimes because. There are, there are a couple albums on here that are either too high or I'm like, how the fuck did you did it get on here? I think there's only one album I'm confused why it's on here, but, like, there are a couple I'm like, you should be maybe a little lower, maybe a little higher. I don't right. know. But and of course, this goes without saying, these are all albums within our little rock alternative umbrella that we encompass yeah. this entire show over. Because I think as we, in, on both ends, think we discovered there are a couple classic albums that we had kind of, like, ne- we have neglected in our overall musical journey. Mm-hmm. So... If there's an album that you're like, why wasn't this talked about? Why wasn't this on here? It's probably because I suck. In fact, mm-hmm. that is most certainly the reason why. But hey, uh, let me segue this into our traditional uh, announcements. We have a Twitter. Follow us. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Um, so you can find that at Soundcheck Official at S. The Twitter handle is at S Check Official. Mm-hmm. And once this gets posted, leave in the comments what you think should be on this list. Yeah. Get some well, audience participation in yeah. here. You're also going to find out we were very favorable to hard rock and heavy metal later on. Somehow, yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's start off. What's number 10? Well, number 10, we've talked about this album before on our uh, CD dollar yes, bin. Yes, because you cheeky, sneaky bastard found yep, it before I found did. found it uh, in the dollar section. But this, don't let the dollar price tag uh, steer you away. It is one of the greatest punk albums ever written. For sure. And the numbers will prove that. The Adolescence self-titled, or the Blue Album, as yeah. people might call it. So um, I'm holding the uh, record um, mm-hmm. in front of me. I, it's repressing, obviously. A original would probably... Would cost a lot of money. Do you remember what color the actual record is? Oh yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah, so for anyone who obviously there's no video here, um, so I'm holding a, re- a repressing. I don't know what year this was, but um, uh, obviously big craze nowadays is colored vinyl, meaning vinyl that isn't you know your standard black. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, you would think with this is also dubbed the blue album because it's the cover is like eighty like eighty or ninety percent blue. Right. Like two black bars and some pink text. You mm-hmm. think it makes sense to have a blue? No. No, instead they said go really fucking gross and um, press it. it. It looks like it's pressed out of semen. There's like no nice way of saying it. <laughs> it's, it's it's a milky white color. Yeah. It's really gross. And I, I probably don't play this very often because for that I, reason, because I'm afraid of touching it because wow. I just feel dirty. <laughs> wow. Anyway, why do we love this album so much? Oh, because it's fucking great. Um, it's it, the some of the best playing bass playing you'll ever hear in an album mm-hmm. um at least in the punk so, genre for sure yeah and um easily um this is, uh, tony cadena um mm-hmm. probably one of the best uses of that kind of snot nose punk style singing Great. you know for sure um the dynamics production isn't fantastic because the dynamics aren't there i don't think with the volumes but you know there is even a bit of a bit of ambitious moments on here it's songs oh, like absolutely. the kids of the black hole
and I've mentioned it before on the um, on the Dollar Bin episode, is there's really not a single song on there that's not in some way memorable. Yeah. I mean, it's a couple lines here and there that I, I'm not. I don't want. I'm not gonna try to be a PG boy here, but let's just say some of them don't exactly fit into today's political climate. Not sure, I sure. Care as much, but but hey. It, it, I think besides that, it aged perfectly. I mean, you oh, hear, sure. you hear tracks, um, like Amoeba, the, the yeah. signature track was on, uh, GTA 5. <laughs> GTA remember? 5, there's, so there's some legacy. legacy points right there. So, um, I, I feel to, to, a great way to explain these albums would be go and just kind of talk about how we rated them and maybe you'll get a better understanding and I'll, yeah, we kind of decided this. So, sales first. Um, yeah, sales first. Um, what we, we gave it a five. I mean, there's probably being too <laughs> nice. That, that's, that was a trend with the punk, punk. and kind of underground, yeah. more underground records. I mean, which, which I kind of expected. I mean, part of that is, you know, there were certainly going to be some albums that had qualities that, you know, like it would be weak in certain area, in like an area or two, but mm-hmm. then it could re- rebuild itself up with others. And that's kind of what happened here right. because we gave it a five out of ten because... I mean, it's not it's not certified anything. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how. I think it's I think it's I think I remember reading on Wikipedia though that it sold like ten thousand copies within its first week. It was like one of the best selling, LA you know LA hardcore records from that time, right behind Fresh Fruits, which is Dick Kennedy's first re- record. So right. we can be skewed a little bit in the sense that it did well for a punk album. Oh yeah, absolutely, and um. But in terms of quality, we gave it what was what is that? I, I'm having trouble. A nine point five. Yeah, just because it's a straight up. Yeah, just it, glorious it's, it's an amazing album. record. Again, production I feel is a bit weak at times. There's a couple lyrical moments I'm not crazy about. But like, I mean, I mean, it, yeah, it's a. I mean, apart from a few ambitious moments, it is kind of a simple. You know, these are kind of fairly somewhat simple punk songs, but faded ferociously. Um, they they do kind of have these. Sometimes it blends together, but, you know, it's all in a sense that makes it feel like a very cohesive mm-hmm. album. You and can't knock the ambition on it. Of course, making Kids of the Black Hole, what, a seven-minute song? Five-minute. Five-minute. Still, that's so long for, for a for, punk for, song. For, for sure. And, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously one of the big reasons why Black Flag became so hated, you know, around the My War era and onwards, because why are you guys making songs that are over... You know, two minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's like ridiculous. You know, and I can understand the band's frustration at the time. Hey, we, we want to do something different. We, want to, we don't want to stick in the mold of you know this what punk should be. Right. So, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how well that was taken at the time, but considering I didn't hear as much about how how adolescents you know suck compared to how black flag suck. You know, right. I imagine people weren't like pooper and hollering how terrible of an idea that was. Mm-hmm. And then we have the legacy. Or sorry, the impact category. Impact. I mean, first, well, I'm kind of biased here because, as I said in that CD episode, um, I wouldn't have bad religion without, without the lessons because yeah. they 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 were and doing the three way harmonies before, um, for bad religion was obviously, mm-hmm. and that, and obviously I think they've said so that yeah they they were doing that so it's, it's kind of gave us the idea to do so so, mm-hmm. um, certainly. There's some elements in here that turn punk a little more commercialized, um, but not in a, not in a necessarily in a bad way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you mentioned, those three way harmonies and a little more chorus heavy and a little more uh, approachable. Because this is, I would say, this is actually a pretty approachable punk album. Yeah, I mean, overall, again, with it kind of has the hooks along with oh yeah your your, your standard power chords and your snot nosed attitudes mm-hmm. with songs such as I hate children. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, Kids of the Black Hole, Democracy, you know, you know, obviously LA Girl probably been a bit of a controversial one in that area because, yeah. 
it was uh, yeah but yeah no overall I, I think I think it's approachable I think it's approachable in the right ways but still very punk in the right ways as well and for that reason it I'd say it certainly holds up in yeah. terms of legacy Oh, for sure. And, you know, again, people, I think, at least in the punk scene, it's fondly remembered. So yeah. I think we gave it an eight in Legacy as long with Impact. So averaging that It was a 7.6 overall, yeah. which, isn't, which is pretty decent. Yeah. Made num- the number 10 spot. But there you go. Now we'll keep it r- rolling here with number nine, uh, Patti Smith. Everyone should know this record. Horses. Her first album, Horses. Yeah. So... I, do you, I don't know why. I was thinking that you wouldn't you wouldn't know who Patty Smith was. I don't, that I don't know. I, you know what? I'm taking personal offense to that. I mean, no, <laughs> I, I understand that now. You know why I know who Patty Smith is? Why? Because I saw that her perform with you two. Oh, when I that's saw the them. worst way to get to yep, know Patty. That's Smith. how I was exposed. The to absolute her. worst way to learn about Patty Smith. But I was exposed to her nevertheless, and I love this record personally. Oh, for sure. I mean, can you at least say that Patty Smith is better than you two? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, there was hesitation there. Too much hesitation. Yeah. There was a little struggle. But yeah, for sure. I think I I think I discovered her through like a punk documentary and some guy, I don't know who he was, but said like, I remember when I Patty Smith's record, first record came out, I had it all the way up, you know, cranked, you know, mm-hmm. the dial, the proverbial dial number 11. Right. All the way up, you know, it was brilliant album, man. Yeah, it kind of, it is. I mean... I mean, if we're talking about art rock, and that's kind of what this is kind of falls under, you kind of have to put the probably more of like the impact uh, on along with um, the Velvet Underground. Sure. For sure. I I think that's kind of where it belongs, but it's one of the ones that I'm really not too familiar with the Velvet Underground's first album. I advocated for it, but and and Brent mentioned he would really like to see it. I I, I mean, I I even had it on my short list because I knew Brent would want it there, but like, I'm more familiar with their self-titled album. Yeah, it should also be said that we kind of chose these based on what we both have heard. But you have tracks like, of course, Gloria in Excelsis Deo, you got... What is a cover, right? Is it a cover? Well, it's it's actually a religious hymn. I know, so that's why it's a cover or something. I didn't know... (laughs) I'm sure the title is just taken from that. I think the yeah. song itself is original. But uh, Birdland, you love free money. Um, um, free money. And, of course, obviously, the, the nine-minute. I know it's, it's I know it's in multiple parts, but, like, the nine-minute long yeah, epic. Land, land. Horses, yeah, It's honestly probably one of the best songs from that decade. Oh, I yeah. love it. It's a feeling he's been surrounded by horses. See, I like long songs, especially because you, you, you like to say I don't like them, but there you go. It's another example. Yeah. 
but in terms of sales, how did this do? We gave it a six. I don't remember. I think it went gold at some point. Mm, but I, it took a long time to get there. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I can't really give it that much points in, in sales there. Mm-hmm. But uh, quality, I think we both gave it a nine. Oh, yeah. I mean, yep. it, it, it's easily worth it. Uh, maybe maybe it drags it a little points, but it's such an inch. Even today, this is really interesting album to listen mm-hmm. to. I, it, it's hard to find something that sounds anywhere close to it. Yeah, it just what do you think of her voice? I gotta ask that. How would you describe it? <laughs> it's it's just it's just so different, and it's like when you first hear it, it's kind of like Getty Lee in reverse. I always thought Getty Lee was I, a woman, and then you hear Patti Smith, and it's like, oh, this is this is a chick singing. This is awesome. You know? <laughs> It's like, it's just weird. For the longest time, I thought Getty Lee was a chick. (laughs) I don't know if I ever thought Getty Lee was a chick, but, you know, obviously everyone, I don't think a lot of people make this, with the Silverstone pickups and they think that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Because granted, there is actually a female member in that band. Right. So I figured that, oh, she's the front woman. Oh, wait, no, that's, not only she's not the front woman, this is a guy singing this? (laughs) Right. Okay. It's crazy. But, um. Just very inventive and and different. Yeah, she definitely had. These, these weird inflections uh, to, with her delivery. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everything. You gotta love when that comes in. Suddenly, I'm, I'm not gonna do it justice. Oh, yeah. And you, just, can, and you can see that vocal uh, kind of style getting thrown into Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. Um, you'll hear that eventually. Very yeah, inspired by Patti Smith because it's part of that whole scene, the CBGBs, and eventually, yeah. like, Sonic Youth performed there, Patti performed there. That, that whole scene, like, they were in, a, playing obviously off. Obviously, famously, another band that will be appearing later on this list. Yeah. So it, it all kind of comes down there. So, uh, yeah, quality is easily a number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, what if we give Impact? I think we gave Impact a 7.5. Right. Because, I mean... It, Obviously, I think this. I mean, by then, all the the art punk, art punk, art rock influence that it would have for the later on, what would become punk rock. Mm. I mean, again, a lot of that kind of goes to the Velvet Underground. I mean, she. I think Patti Smith definitely added more kind of attitude towards it. Sure, and just, which certainly helped to push it along. But I can't give it a whole lot of credit there. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I just don't see how this would overall have an effect on mainstream music either. Mm-hmm. But I think certainly innovation is where it gets its where it gets a seven point five from. Yeah, innovation, and then um, and then going into the legacy. I mean, this is a very remembered record. Um, what do we give it on legacy? Um, how how good it holds up to the day? Eight, eight. Yeah, I, th- I mean. My, of course, I hear my mom talking great things about this record all the time, but I also hear it, hear people talking about it even in my generation, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I can't knock that this, this record just holds up, you know? And overall, it got a 7.6, a tied with adolescence. Right. So, uh, so obviously, when it tied, we just kind of, that was our own personal discretion. Yeah. So we, we just put it up there. Cause I, when you when you think about it, which one was probably more innovative? Which one was probably more? I mean, it's overall remembered. Oh yeah, the I mean, horses for sure. Um, can um, I introduce this next one? No, because I don't. I <laughs> because you know what? Because I know you're just gonna shit on it. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I'm not gonna let you do that right out of the gate. Uh, one that number eight. This is a, this should be a shoe in, and I knew Michael. I've surprised Michael somehow with this on here hmm. because it is a shoe in. It. Most certainly belongs on here. Listen, I saw it on every list that it I was. looked at prior. Just personally, it doesn't reflect with, with me, but I can see how it will. It touches on the majority of our listeners and the and majority of any. We're of course talking about "Appetite for Destruction" by Guns N' Roses, one of the best hard rock albums ever made. Some of the yes, Shake oh yes, SMH over here. Sorry, but 
<laughs> Look, I like the record. I have to. I actually have to praise it because this is like my one exception. You know, you can't. You I can't mean, knock Guns N' Roses. Was a fantastic band during this record. And you know, you know, and that's an interesting. You know how we going back to that CD episode. Remember how we were talking about. Um, Johnny Cash, and it's like, yeah, oh, everyone yeah. doesn't like, oh, everyone, a lot of people go, country sucks, mm -hmm. but I like Johnny Cash. Yeah. And do you know what? I I kind of get that with this album. It's like, oh, air metal is a worthless that, piece yeah, of time. That's pretty and much then, how it is with me. But oh, yeah, Appetite Destruction was a great record. I, I I don't hear that just with you. I know I've heard that, you know, in a couple other places. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, to me, this record is just so undeniable. I mean, I know we were going a bit back and forth about the, the instrumentation on here. I think instrumentally, it's very strong. I mean, you. Um, we, I mean, I think Axe Slash was a great Axe man. I'm, I'm just gonna say it. Um, I love. I know you really like Duff's uh, bass playing. Uh, yeah, that's what personally. That's what stands out for me on the record is the bass work. I, as a guitar player myself, I don't admire Slash as much as some other people do, simply because you know there's a reason why people learn like. Welcome oh, to the Jungle and Sweet Child of Mine no. as their first guitar Sweet Child songs. of Mine, maybe. But no, first of all, like the, the, the classic opener, opening like, guitar learning songs is Smoke on the Water. Yeah. The opening riff to Stairway to Heaven. Because those, those are like really easy riffs to play. I mean, you know, I think it would be an interesting... If someone wants to learn how to shred, I, th I mean, I'm no guitar... Neither am wizard, I. Neither am I. By any chance, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not super knowledgeable with it. But from my perception, if you want to learn how to shred, I would... I think that Slash would be a his solos would be pretty oh, decent it's, opening it's for sure. It's all pentatonic and it's all it's not very it's not very <laughs> like math rocky and experimental to where it's like no. you're including all these diversions from the scales. So yeah, in that respect, he's a good guitar player. Um, my big tripe with the whole album as a whole is that the hits "Welcome to the Jungle," you know. Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine, it takes away from the rest of the record. You oh, know? what? Because they're, they're that good. Like, they're that radio-friendly. Well, no, well, no. He really, so nobody remembers the rest of the tracks. Well, no, well, you know what? Some, something even on, like, talked the, about the, 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 the one-on-one, you know, the riff. You know, mm -hmm. no, that's a big rock station over in Detroit. You know, I still hear them play Night Train and even... Um, I hear Mr. Brownstone. Brownstone and, from yeah. there as well. Maybe even Maya Michelle, you mm -hmm. mean... Possibly even Rock Queen. I can't. I, I Rock and Queen. I might be stretching on, but when I mean, those you, are all when are you ever gonna hear "Think About You" or "You're Crazy" or anything? Well, think, goes. But you can argue that for a lot of other, a lot of these other albums too. I mean, yeah, like the, the big songs. You know, people talk about the big songs all the okay, time. Sure. But even I'm gonna be honest here. There are there are a couple duds. Like like I'm not crazy about anything goes or um. Think about you is kind of a weird one. Um, it's so easy, it's a little uncomfortable, even. <laughs> but not but seriously, like it, I, I, I can't get over the chorus of "You're fucking crazy." <laughs> yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, though, I will agree with you. Master Rose is a dick. Yeah, <laughs> he's a terrible human being. Just, a, just a reprehensible man. He is a good. He is an. He's okay a. He's a powerhouse voice. singer. N you wouldn't get that from Chinese Democracy. You'd think a, like a dying raccoon was singing on that record <laughs> based on his performance there. But sorry, but during this time, he, he was great. Sure. Um, anyways, let's go into our rating. I mean, at, for sales, I mean, it, it was a 10. Yeah, for, it was It's like so 18 well. times platinum yeah. or something stupid like that. Yeah, just crazy amounts of records sold. I mean, it, and, um, I mean, quality, this is, this is where we, we, we really debated. Um, yeah. We ended up giving an 8. I think you wanted to give it a 6. Oh yeah, it was way down for me. Um, I, 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 I wanted the, to give it a nine. I, we 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 did meet halfway, a little more leaning to yours. I was I I think I wanted to a consensus at a seven point five, but I I went for the eight simply because like 
I know you and the majority of people who listen to music are like Appetite for Destruction is a quality yeah. album. So yeah. I got I got I got to give some respect for it. You know what I which I commend you Michael. I did I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. You're you're most certainly a better man than me. <laughs> because if you try to put U2's first album on here Oh no. I'm a war. I'm a war man for sure, boy. Yeah. Man. I, I, <laughs> Friends over here laughing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making fun of you for U2 so much. I mean, I'm not that big of a U2 fan. I, I just know. like them, you know. Yeah, unforgettable fires. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Anyways, um, what, what the next? Um, Impact. Uh, we give it a six. You know, because Impact. It, it was late to the game. Like, here's the thing, though. But it is weird. I mean, granted, it wasn't really a trendsetter, but I, you can't even say this was a trend follower either, because mm-hmm. it was more or less fashion late. I mean, let I me mean, look at look at these guys. Do you think they really gave a fuck about? following trends all that much or like no. trying to like you know do whatever you know these are a bunch of like five like dirt balls just like coming in it's like yeah we're gonna make some of the dirt dirtiest balls. fucking sometimes lyrically but certainly that the, guitar wise you mm. know production wise nastiest stuff you're gonna hear in hair metal i think so I think it was really ha- late yeah i think what ended up happening is like they 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 spent their time listening to all the 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 good parts and failures of what preceded them and culminated that and put it in their own style into something that was really Perhaps. different. I mean, even then, though, I mean, you you know, Slash was, I think, almost a mes- member of Poison. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. So to say that he chose right is an understatement. Oh, for sure. And also, um, yeah, I mean, so I, mean, I think they definitely had other influences, too, mm-hmm. going for them. So for sure. And then, I mean, Legacy... Uh, we, that was pretty high, wasn't it? Uh, it was a seven, actually. Wow. Why, why did we do that? Because I think you were arguing that this band, like, this, this band doesn't, this album doesn't have a whole lot of influence for people today. I think that's kind of the argument. Right, because no one's ever going to replicate an 80s hair and metal sound unless it's for comedy, like a band like Steel Panther or well, something no, like But that. even then, I mean, this doesn't sound like a lot of the other hair bands from the time. It's mm-hmm. much more raw and dirt. I would argue that it held, still holds a lot of influence. I mean, go listen to the song doing time off of the off of the Avenged Sevenfold album uh, Hails of the King and come back to me and try to tell me that there wasn't any influence of you know it's Axl subtle, Rose in there it's subtle it, nobody's ever going to replicate the I, uh, I, aesthetic the sound and everything about hair metal to a T in this generation. I mean, sonically, perhaps. I mean, I, I disagree because I do hear traces of, of these guys coming with other bands today. Not all of them are good, mm-hmm. as Brent just pointed out, but it still comes in there. But you, but I, I, I would be very strong. I'd be very surprised here if there aren't a lot of rock bands today that don't at least hold this album to some sort of like, yeah, this, this, this kind of maybe want to do music, make make music in something or perform music. Maybe son- sonically, I can definitely give you that. Perhaps it doesn't hold that strong, but I think it holds a special place in a lot of musicians' hearts, and they really wanted them to pursue making music. For the, so, in that respect, it got the score that it got. Um, I, I, I would have put it at an eight personally, but again, and also then again, all these songs, a lot of these songs still get lots of radio play. I mean, oh, everyone absolutely. still talks about this album, man. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so you know what? Uh, what did it come out to? Like official score? Oh, official score, it is a 7.7. 7, so yeah. it just eked out the, the previous two. Yep. I mean, so, in a day, I think that's a pretty 
acceptable position. Oh, yeah, for I, sure. I'm with you on that, too. I digress. This one, on the other <laughs> hand, how the hell did it even make it on here? I have no idea. You, this, you can, would you like to introduce this Sure. One? This next record is weird, and I think we have to explain why this came over at other record. We I, put, I, I, I don't even remember. We put Blizzard of Oz, Ozzy Osbourne's first solo record, yeah. at the number seven Brad position. shaking his head. I, I don't know how. I don't know how. But you, I'm not, like, super against it, but, like... I'm thinking about it. We have to explain why we chose this over the first Black Sabbath record. Okay, though. yeah. So, you know what? I, I when, when I was initially going through it in my head, like, I figured, oh, Michael's for sure going to have this on his, like, list he's going to bring there. And I'm like, I, I will, and I had my reservations here. Um, but then I was surprised to hear that you actually didn't have that on your shortlist for mm-hmm. pretty much the same reasons that I did. Mm-hmm. And the fact that while it may be officially the first metal record ever, it, it is not like it doesn't super jump out in the fact that this is a metal album and it's not as influential or as you know didn't catch on as quickly as something like Paranoid did. And it definitely didn't define Black Sabbath as a whole as much as Paranoid yeah. did or even like albums like Masters of Reality and Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Yeah. So we chose this one simply because like you can't knock how f- how much Crazy Train's got radio play. I mean, but that's part, certainly part of the legacy. Yeah. And you know, you know, here's the thing though. And Ozzy Purus, I'm sorry, but did not have that many solid solo records, in my in my opinion. Hell, I'm not even crazy, but I think Die from Madman's even a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. The only two, the only two like truly consistent albums is this one, and probably no more tears. Yeah. So, look at me. Moon's okay. Huh? Arc at the Moon's. Yeah, that's okay. a good, that's a good one too. I mean, Jake Lee is super underrated, mm-hmm. but. but- yeah, ultimately, I think we decided on this album just as a kind of a diversion, and like we really wanted to ponder because nobody can deny how awesome Ozzy Osbourne is, yeah, and what he I did mean, to music as a whole. Now, I mean, this was more personal for me. I, I can understand how you get that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't put this on. Well, if we're not gonna have Black Sabbath on, we might as well have Blizzard of Oz on. Mm-hmm. But like. I mean, honestly, I didn't even think this would make the list. I didn't either. <laughs> I, I didn't really think so. Didn't. But like, when when you know, didn't it, didn't sales really push it to the top though? I because th- I think it sold pretty well. I right? think it had like five or six times platinum yeah. as of like 2003 or something like so, that. So, so I think uh, th- again, it. there's a factor that we're gonna have to consider so, later on as like maybe lessening it. Or I think it is important. This is part of an. I think part oh, it's of important having, for sure. But we got to figure for out a, a debut way to album. It. It, it, part of how impressive it is is like how much were you able to get it right out of the gate right so for we went really specifically we gave it a 7.8 for for sales i don't know um this is when i started to get like really and really particular because i think we were debating and then we just take going half measures like really (laughs) more specifically um yeah i gave it an 8.5 on quality because you know what like i'm looking like you're you're you're, i think i don't know what i think you tried to say a nine maybe or something no i think you said an 8.5 like i don't know about that then i was looking through this like Fuck that song's really good. Fuck that song's really right, good. Right, right. Okay, eight point five. Yeah. Because here's, I don't know is probably my favorite mm-hmm. Ozzy song I love ever. Everyone 
<laughs> well, well, oh, not not kind of Black Sabbath. Right, right. <laughs> Solo stuff. <laughs> yes, I don't know is certainly my favorite. I love it because even the lyrics are pretty decent. Yeah, and then one. and then we did we had, we started this super long conversation about suicide, suicide. solution because you didn't know the story, story behind this. I didn't, and I was surprised. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, for sure. I will, I'm sure a lot of people know it, and I won't repeat it now. Yeah. But yeah, it'll take up too much time. Then Mr. Crowley has a really oh fuck yeah yeah did, did really well use of synths, which mm-hmm. is something you can say in the '80s a lot. But right, right. <laughs> I, I really love it. And then even like some of the more obscure ones, like No Bone Movies, Steal Away the Night. Oh, that's a, those are great. It's great deep cuts. So oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, the, ultimately we I, it, maybe if we went back and reanalyzed the whole list, maybe it would it, maybe it wouldn't make it. But for right now, I'm I'm actually like I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I know? mean I'm I'm not like. I, I, I personally I don't think it belongs in here, but again, the math doesn't lie. Only we do. Right. <laughs> um, so anyways, let's let's imp- continue on with the rock and metal train. Um, impact. Oh, we didn't we didn't analyze no, yet. Sorry. Oh, sorry. So for, for, well, impact we gave it gave it a six on impact. Right. I mean, oh, I mean, the only real things of impact is Ozzy's first solo project, and he brought uh, Jakey Lee. Sorry, not Jakey Lee. Um, Randy Rhodes. Randy from Rhodes. Correct. Quiet Riot, right? Too, and actually was able to help showcase his skills a lot. So I think that right. gives it a lot of impact. But like, right. I mean, a lot of the new wave of British heavy metal bands were already kind of doing this stuff before you started doing it. So mm-hmm. this wasn't sonically a super fresh album, correct? So, correct. and then um, we gave it a nine on Legacy. I mean, Just, well, <laughs> pretty much because Crazy Change like has crazy this change. weird like pop culture stay. Yeah. I heard, they played this song during my homecoming assembly, which was weird. Yeah, they also played. So they also played "Jump" by Van Halen, which made me snicker a bit because, as a music nerd, I know that that song's that hot, bright, the bright, happy pop song is about suicide. <laughs> so right? So. I, God, I hated Homecoming so much. <laughs> Why, did you, why did you go to homecoming? Because I didn't know I could leave. <laughs> well, I we couldn't leave, but like uh, every, a, lot, a lot of the smart ones, I'm gonna call them, uh, uh, snuck out and like, well, fuck, I should have done that. Right. Uh, <laughs> continue. Anyways, uh, overall, end. we gave it a, uh, what was it, a 7.7. So, again, right. tied with Appetite for Destruction. Yep. Um, All righty. You know what? Maybe we should have put Appetite. We should have switched Blizzard with Appetite. Wow. Wow. No, yeah. D- I'm surprised. Now that, that I'm. say that. Okay. It's still not in the top five. That's all I wanted. Okay. So, anyway, we'll keep going. All right. Next one. Now. Personally, I, I I know you're you're I know you're a little more hesitant to have this one on the list. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it belongs here, but not this time. Would you like to introduce it? Yes, we're continuing on with the metal train a little bit. We seem to have been really pushing for that. I don't know why. Like you mentioned at the beginning, I, I love metal though. I, so do I. But we have "Kill 'Em All" from Metallica, the yeah. first the first record.
of people will say, really, kill them all over. No, with, I no, I, I think or? that's. I think I think a lot of people. I think certainly a lot of metal fans would probably say, no, that belongs on there. Well, yeah, because then you have to consider Metallica as a whole as like literally one of the greatest and most successful metal bands of all time. But like, it has this odd place and legacy because even though it's their first album. Mm-hmm. It can stand on its own, I do think, because I mean, there there are certainly like I, I mentioned, definitely maybe by Oasis as a possible contender. Yeah, and I'm like, the legacy is hurt by the fact that it's overshadowed by what's the story, Morning Glory. Like right. people, there has the bigger hits of theirs are on that album. So right. with, with with Metallica, they still have some iconic songs on here. Yeah, and you know, and everyone, the the the, the douchebag Metallica fans, as I'm gonna call them, who think that they didn't have a good album after 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they they all. I mean, but even then, a lot of like just you know more forgiving Metallica fans, as we'll call it, they still herald the first four albums as being truly great records. Right. And you know, I I, I can't deny that they are because I really enjoy. This is probably my personally my second favorite Metallica album, right under Master of Puppets. Yes, I'm yeah. a pleb. <laughs> oh, I know. I for for me personally, it's And Justice for All. We should get our our Metallica preferences out in the open. Yeah. Oh, I, know. Fest, hell yeah. I mean, but, well, yeah, it's funny enough. That's my dad's favorite Metallica record, yeah. which I wouldn't expect because I mean, because he's not like a super hardcore music fan. So that's not the one I think you'd go for. But like, he's a big fan of Hard for Serious Sorrow. That's his favorite Metallica song. Such a good one. Cr- I love that record. Despite the production really holds it down for me. And right. that right. I don't I don't like the instrument instrumental on there. Mm. But like overall, I really enjoy the record. because yeah. There's still some odd heaviness to it that I enjoy. And I love the songwriting. So, OK, so. Let's get into some statistics here. Yeah. So um, kill them all. Even an eight on commercial because it's actually it was actually I think it was like three times platinum. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, but it, it took a hot minute to get. There. Yeah, but it was I think it was I think it went. I think the thing that really pushed it for me was the fact that it went platinum before mm-hmm. the black album came right, out. Right, right. We, I, because I mean, obviously that means it was. I mean, granted, it was probably success of the uh, the the albums that preceded it, but mm-hmm. it. The Black Album went like 18 or like 17 or stupid. It sold a stupid amount of records. One of right. the best-selling albums of all time. Right. And it didn't need that help to even go platinum the first time. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that, that that impressed me in a weird way. Right. Quality we kind of debated on. We gave it a 7.5. Right, because uh, I think you were more on the side of the quality being really good. For me, I think it was uh, there. I actually can hear points on this record where they kind of slip out of time and mess up a little bit it's not technically profound as what it will be eventually no, you're right but I, I think that's that's kind of part of me why i think i enjoy it more because again it this is i mean listen i mean not just that production mm-hmm. i mean listen to james voice on this album and like it's a very it, it, this is as raw as you'll ever hear metallica be not the bullshit kind of raw they did on saying anger like this right. is this is really stripped, stripped to the bone Metallica. Right. And I, it's a really, it's not only interesting to hear from me, but I think it has this really weird aesthetic that I really enjoy. Right. Let me follow through with this point. I feel like you like Kill 'em All for the same reason I love Bleach by Nirvana yeah. as my favorite album, because there is a certain raw aesthetic that you fall in love with like immediately. The only reason why I think Bleach deserves that label more than Kill 'em All is because. Meta- or metal as a genre is supposed to be technically profound and really no, proficient. Not uh, in, in many areas, yes, but like let's in, in, even in the thrash genre, like I can't deny that there are like just some bands that aren't the technician. I think a lot of it's also very riff based, especially with thrash. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I think for even with thrash, 
tech technicianship is a key point. A lot of them are just a lot of those. A lot of these bands are just dumb fun. <laughs> right. It kind of is. So technicianship is important, I think, in metal, um, especially if we're gonna go for like seven minute long epics. But it this isn't an incompetent album by right. any stretch of the means, and I. I mean, I, I still I still love it. I mean, this is they have some political ish songs in here, but mm -hmm. like they have songs about the four horsemen for Christ's sakes. I mean, right. they have, they have a hit the lights, um, whiplash, which is essentially oh, yeah. a song about head banging. It's right. fucking great. Oh, I yeah. love that song. I mean, even look at even in the four horsemen and seek and destroy are still very iconic. Um, are still very iconic songs, and they still oh, yeah. close. I think they still close every set with Seek and Destroy. They close every, They have to play at least one song from yeah. Kill 'Em All By the in way, every concert. I, I have to say this for the record. Phantom Lord, one of the best Metallica songs Oh, fuck, ever. dude. Fuck, fuck, it's so great. It can't, for, can't knock the fucking uh, anesthesia's on this one, too. That's like my favorite bass. Yeah, of all time. Know, yeah, for sure. Love um, that. That's great. And um, again, also, you know that this album was originally supposed to be called, right? What? Oh know. yeah, metal up, up your ass! ass. Have yeah. you seen the original? Yeah, album with the toilet like, with a sword thing. in it. <laughs> no, I think the guitar necks that they're shit, they're poking up. Oh, there. is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, but yeah, shit. I mean, just a good record all around. Where do we leave off at? Impact. Um, uh, that was quality. Okay. Um, Impact gets a seven. Yeah. It's the first thrash metal album, which yeah. isn't as impressive to say. It's the first metal album like Black Sabbath could mm -hmm. claim, but. Those I mean, first four records are kind of condensed, so they can all be kind of jumbled up yeah. as the first metal. Thrash even then, albums. like a lot, I think, I still feel like thrash really set the stage for a lot of other metal genres to come mm -hmm. through. Yeah. You know, um, arguably black metal. I I don't know if Brent would agree with that, but um, <laughs> well, uh, would would you say that you know thrash kind of helped set the stage for black and black metal, at least in some sense? Yeah, yeah. Brent agrees. So, okay. so it gets a seven on impact. Yeah. Um, and what's legacy? Legacy, we gave it a decent score from what I remember. Um, what is it? Um, eight point three. Yeah, eight point three. <laughs> really particular score. But I think we did that just because, like you said, the fact that it's written by Metallica gives it some legs to stand. And, and I, again, I still think it has enough iconic songs in here for it to stand on its own, even compared to Ride the Lightning and mm. Puppets and Black Album and Injustice for right. sure. So, cool. um. All in all, I think it deserves it, the, uh, yeah. the spot it got, yeah. for so, sure. Yeah. Now, we're getting into a... Do your death! <laughs> for the fat... Oh, I love that song so much. Now we're getting into the bottom 50% here. We're getting closer to the number one oh, spot. Um, by the way, it was an overall 7.74. Right, right. It's a three-way tie between it Appetite and Felicity of Oz. Yeah. Which, you know what? Looking at those records, I'm thinking about, like, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty nice. I, I, Quality-wise, I would argue they're pretty. Mm-hmm. At the same level, but go ahead, introduce this next one. We're starting to slowly pick our way out of the metal stuff, but there's still tons of influence all over this one. Rage Against the Machine, the self-titled. God, yeah. Now, first of all, everyone, if everyone heard our um, our top ten list from last time, they know that Rage Against the Machine, well in the way, topped our. Uh, political top ten political right. songs list. Right. In fact, we put three songs in there because me and Elio just couldn't pick one rage song <laughs> to put on there for good reason because they're fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. This is what they're one of the best bands ever. Like out of anything, no, I, I I can't see how that's not the case. Oh yeah, I I, I have friends who say there is no bad material written by Rage Against the Machine. No. That's up for debate. But they, can you think of a weak point from them? No, not really. Because the tech musicians, I, do, I don't. They're I one don't. of the tightest, musically, one of the tightest bands ever. Mm -hmm. Songwriting. They've written some most in, interesting and most innovative music ever. Yep. Um, 
lyrically, I mean, God, I mean, if you're if you're if you're not like a liberal or looking to overthrow a government, maybe they're not your style, but like, <laughs> still, they're fucking great. Oh yeah, I I personally like Renegades is kind of like out there for me. I'm not yeah. really into it's, that. It's but... just, well, it's a covers album, so we'll, we just won't count it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, like it's it's all it's all good, and this and this record is bringing that into the world, the beauty of rage into the world. Beauty of rage. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, uh, wh- what do we what do we get on sales for this? Um, I think we gave it an eight. I don't remember how much it sold. But. Yeah. Maybe it was another one of those cases where, like, when it came out initially, it was it was mad, but then it, over time, it, it picked up traction and yeah. really got into it. So, it, it, it definitely did well. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, it sold just as many copies. I think... I, can't, I think either Battle of Los Angeles did just the same or worse than that. I prefer that. I probably I do too. We'll get to that in a second though. Um, actually, we'll get to that now. Quality. We gave it a nine. Right. Just because there's nothing like this when this came out. Yeah. Well, well, what that's was more the, with what, impact. What was the thing you said? Um, with that was, the, I was on the... Um, that was on the, the yeah, cover so where it's like, like they they all to, like, of these actually, sounds. They actually had to like put on like the CD, the original disc of this album saying none, none of the sounds in this album were made from computers because they were just so weird and out there and everyone was like, oh, this had to have been Pro Tools or something. It's like, no, actually, no. John Morales is that crazy with like pedals and, and you know, wah-wahs and, yeah. you know, tremolos and whatnot. Um, what's, 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 the, what's the arm? What's the arm? With that, that tremolo. Make, tremolo. Okay. Yep. Or whammy or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Point is, I mean, super just creative on this album. The only reason why I would knock it down to a nine and why I actually probably prefer something like Battle of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And some people have made these claims. I kind of agree with it for this album only. The, the, these, the, the lyrics are kind of vague. Like, you know, okay, you get it. You hate America. Right. You want to just overthrow the government because they're all corrupt. Hey, I agree with it. They are fine. <laughs> Maybe not the overthrow the government part. Mm-hmm. I won't. I'm yeah. not advocating for it, that on air. For it would. The record. It, would t- it took him a little bit to tighten up the lyrical themes. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, because I mean, there's still some great. There's some great fucking oh, lines fuck, dude. In here. Killing my, in the name of is a classic. My favorite line. Probably, probably my favorite line ever. And this just shows how much of an angsty teenager I am. But you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. It comes off of "Know Your Enemy," where he has like, "What the land of the free? Whoever told you that is your enemy?" Oh, so <laughs> fucking good. Oh, that's classic. Such a great line. It's classic. It's just the way he delivers it. Fuck. I mean, freedom. Pull it in your head. For fist God's full sake. of steel for me. That's, that, that's a big one. I think bullet in my head, bullet in your head, has to be my favorite. No, probably know your enemy. One of those two. The bass on bomb track. No, that's space. That's bullet in your head again. Yeah. Fuck. What do we give impact on this one? Oh, impact was kind of for those same reasons. We gave it a seven. Seems a little low. I think it all again. It got a lot of it from innovation. Right. 
Right. It was, I mean, there's nothing that sounded like this. Nothing else, although maybe for their other albums that really sounded like kinda this like, afterwards. Kind of like Patti Smith in the way where it wasn't really replicated. Yeah. Afterwards. But although, and I've heard some people made some arguments, and God, I hate people. God, I hate them for saying this because it kind of makes sense. They have paved the way for new metal. Which, yeah. if we're going to count that, it gets like a negative five on impact, <laughs> and like a, ne- like a negative 20 on legacy, because that's not a good thing, but... Yeah, but, but, but if, if I'm looking at it, has got some good songs, Andrew. <laughs> huh? First corn album. Fuck you. Iowa from Slipknot. Shot you can't Iowa deny. I know, but I'm just talking about new metal in general. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Whatever. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. We're on a good track right now. <laughs> Anyways, what what do we do on uh, Legacy? Given eight on Legacy, I don't, I don't remember why. I think it's low because in comparison with like Evil Empire with Bulls on Parade on it. Well, but even that, yeah. I think obviously their biggest, the most well known songs probably come from this album. But that that's the problem, right. which is why I think maybe it should be a little higher. But at the same time, it's just like I don't know. Their good material is pretty evenly distributed. Yeah, I think it's very fondly remembered, and every and this is like the band that like everyone wants to reunite. Right. We can delve with this Prophets of Rage bullshit. Let's, let's bring <laughs> right. these guys back together. By the way, Ma- what, what did you think of that Tom Morello solo album that came out last year? Oh, I haven't year? heard it yet. It's shit. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be real with you. It's pretty bad. Oh. But anyway. I love Tom Morello. Oh, I know. It's a pretty cool dude. Let's keep rolling. What's number four? Oh, number four. Okay. This If, if this wasn't going to get on here, I would have thrown a fit. <laughs> I was a little worried that our, our methodology would not have allowed this to be on here. Right. Simply because of sales. As the punk guy, obviously, this record's very important. Mm-hmm. We got the Ramones' self-titled debut. Hey, oh, let's go. Hey, oh, let's go. The moment in the straight line. You're going through a time to one. You keep the little nerve mind. Let's drink a puck. The violin in the back seat. The generation in it. The veins in the back seat. Iconic, iconic mm-hmm. album. That being said, we both prefer Rock to Russia. Yeah, and probably a couple. I, I, I'm actually a well, I'm really big fan of mm-hmm. End of the Century. Oh, yeah? I really like that one. It's good. Interesting. Even though Rock and Roll Radio, it's just like no guitar in there. Yeah. I still love it. It's great. It's just so different. And, you know, they've made like two albums a year. So, like, the first seven or ten albums were, like, really good. Um, You know what was the first Ramon song I ever heard? It actually wasn't Blitzkrieg. It was, this, you ever saw School of Rock? I'm sure you have. Um, no, I, I, I haven't. I have the DVD. I've been meaning to oh, watch dude, it. Dude, it's such a good movie. You'll love it. Best Jack Black performance you'll yeah, ever see. I, I think anyway. he once gave Blondie. I think I remember see, seeing a clip from that movie where he, like, essentially suggests someone listen to Blondie. I'm like, no, it's you're a bad music <laughs> teacher. <laughs> Whatever, dude. It, it's, you're, it's great. You'll love it. But they played, um, God, Brent, help me out here. It's I Want to Be Sedated. No, it's not I Want to Be Sedated. It's the one where it's like... Uh, Pull yourself back together. Maybe you got to. Oh, all the law. Oh, when he got. Uh, Bonzo goes to Bitburg. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
That that's the first Ramon song I ever heard, and yeah. I fell in love with it. But anyway, back to this record. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about the diversion. I, I mean, just I, I, iconic album. When I first heard this record, I wasn't like blown away by it. Like mm. I think a lot of other people were. I had, I already been listening to other couple punk bands. I mean, unlike a lot of other people, Bad Religion got me into punk before the Ramones did. Mm. Shocker, I know. But you know, I, for me, it was Black Flag. That was first well, for me. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. You, you, you like my well, mom was into Black Flag. She played it all the time. So. Yeah, well, it was just. Black Flag is nowhere near successful as Black Religion. I know, right? <laughs> but no, but no, seriously, but seriously, this this record, it's iconic for a reason because it just it changed so many lives. It, oh yeah. Let's, I, I think it's better if we just get right into like the statistics and just help explain more. Why. Okay. Um, commercial. Well, it, yeah, it took a heavy hit. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, I, it, this thing didn't even go gold. Yeah. Until 2018, didn't go gold to last year. Last Along with year. Blitzkrieg, Bob. Yeah. That's when it went gold. The only platinum they've ever had is the uh, I Want to Be Seated. Right. It's crazy. So, but I mean. It took a heavy hit, but that did not hinder it from getting the number four. So. No. Let's, let's again, there's it, always ways to make it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Quality, se- what do we give 7.8. I gave it an 8. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a 7.5. Just, so. I think, simply because, God, what what did we disagree on? Well, well I don't it remember. a lot. I think it was just that, like, I had to hold you back from fanboying. <laughs> no, because here, no, I, I mean, an eight, I mean, is good, but like, mm-hmm. you would think if I'm the punk guy, it's a perfect 10. No, this, yeah. let's see, it's, I the think production it's isn't great. Yeah. I mean, but then again, the bad production is kind of another plus for this album. I think, there was a, I think it's because there was a couple dead tracks on here. Yeah. And you know, again, it's just, it's just, not all the hooks are there. Not everything is just so, like, I want to be your boyfriend. I can kind of get rid of that. But, um, Chainsaw is pretty forgetful for me. Yeah. But even then, like, Have an Affair is great. Mm-hmm. Beyond the Brat's iconic. Judy's a Punk's got a great melody to that. Oh, of course, now I want to sniff some glue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you do want to sniff some glue after that, um, the closing track is phenomenal. I'm not, great, I'm not a big fan of 53, 53rd and 3rd. It's a terrible thing. But, and, of course, Blitzkrieg Bob as well is yeah. iconic. But um, For that reason, I yeah. think it got But he, it also, part of it is, when you when I, now that I've heard a lot of, a lot of like, live tracks from the Ramones, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like, pretty much, like, the rule of any, pretty much the rule of the Ramones is that whatever is on, the on like, the studio album, it's played much faster live. Right. And <laughs> makes some of those songs much better. Oh, yeah. So... Like, you know, it's like, I mean, like, I, I could listen to Blitzkrieg Bop in the studio, and it's great, but, like, live versions might be a little bit better because it's, like, so much faster. Right. But the point is, I, I, I don't think this should be quality-wise. It should be as heralded as one of, the, as one of not the best punk albums ever. I love it. It's still great. Mm-hmm. It's still fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I, I just can't. Just a couple of factors really kind of holds me back from, like, really falling in love with it like a lot of other people have. Right. Moving on. Impact. Perfect 10. Oh, yeah. Perfect fucking 10. You were a little hesitant at first, but, like, then I had to explain. How many fucking bands 
started, not just because of the Ramones, started playing music because of this album in particular. How many lives? They basically proved that you don't have to have this big, like, rock star guitar hero kind of aesthetic. You got four slugs on here, like, uh, on on this cover here. You got four, they kind of look like losers losers, in the leather jackets. And they're great. Like, everyone could relate to it. All misfits could just relate, not the band misfits, you know, mm-hmm. know me by misfits. Everyone could relate to that. Yeah. And just, and how many musicians have said, yeah, no, that album changed my life. We meant Bob Mould, who we just talked about the other mm-hmm. day, said so. Black Flag, I'm sure even Mackay could say that. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I, I I don't know if it goes far as to change his life, but it certainly had influence on the Biafra. I mean, these are, mm-hmm. and these are all punk bands that came with certain times. Not only that, they're huge, obviously, in the CBGB scene. Mm-hmm. Certainly probably helped New Wave a bit kick off. and Carried over into the 90s with grunge as well. Yeah. And then, you know, in a weird way, we'd be, be talking with Metallica, you know, just a second ago. Mm-hmm. We probably wouldn't even have thrash metal without this. Because really? all pretty much all what the East Bay, you know, San Francisco Bay thrash metal scene was, metal combined with punk music. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't watch it regularly. I just saw a clip of Metallica on like Jimmy Kimmel or some bullshit like that. Mm. And like he made, I remember he made like an off camera comments like, yeah, the thing I want to do is have my sick kids down, listen to the whole discography of the Ramones. I mean, coming from James freaking Hadfield, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, for we, sure. We would, I, I might not have had Metallica without this. Mm. I mean, granted, I know they covered all the Misfits stuff on, the, uh, on their covers album, but still. The, the I would like inf- to hear Metallica covered some, cover some Ramones oh, songs. Be That'd great. be interesting. That'd be really good. Yeah. I mean, I because per, personally, and let's start here, a petition for Metallica to cover all of Rocket Russia. Know, here's the thing, though, and this might seem sacrilege for for a punk fan, but their cover of "Die Die My Darling" is better than the Misfits version. <laughs> what? I said it. <laughs> Boom. Oh my god, it's great. It's I love the heavy. I love his snarl on that cry. song. I love how heavy that song becomes with them. Seriously, I think it's better. It's not. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the Misfits made that song. I mean, the cover's great, but oh, whoa, man. I mean, so, hey, your roll. Yep. Uh, Legacy. Perfect, perfect down on Legacy, too. Uh, 9.5. 9.5. I, I think much. it gets a 9. I mean, but off. Everyone. Every, I don't care if you're, even if you're not a music fan, let alone a punk fan. Mm-hmm. Everyone's heard the I O Let's Go at oh, some yeah. point in their life, even though they have, even though they don't know at all where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Everyone has heard that, that song to some degree in their lives. Of course, even the newer generation. It was just played at the end of the new Spider-Man movie. It was. I, well, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a superhero fan, but like ju- when I saw the Foo Fighters play, you know, Little Caesars um, last October, when they when they introdu- when they're doing the whole band introductions, you know how they play covers. Mm. There nowadays, like when they introduced uh, Pat Smear, Let's Be Bop, right in there. I mean, yeah. that's the song. I mean, it's just uh, this album holds, still holds a lot of influence. Every punk band that is ever, even if they don't really consider them that much of an influence, holds something to the to, to this album. Yeah. It changed rock music. Oh, not I wouldn't say maybe not single handedly, but to a degree. Yeah. So. All right. I really love this episode because, like the like last episode, there it was got really heated. We were really at each other's throats. I mean, but this one we're just agreeing. Like, man, this is some great music. Like, oh, I like. We have I'm some. This. We have small points of disagreement for yeah, sure. But like, it's know. it's it's nice arguments. It's yeah, nice. I'm liking nice this episode arguments. so far. <laughs> Number three, you want to introduce this one because you know a lot more about this one. Oh, uh, well, really? Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, these these next two are going to be pretty obvious choices. Yeah, given picks. Um, but. 
Next, we got Jimi Hendrix experience. Are you experienced? Now, of course, we're going off probably the U.S. For the, I think the U.K. had a different pressing. It's weird, but mm-hmm. we're going on the, the the U.S. pressing, the the classic yellow and purple cover. Yep. Um, the super tripped out thing. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I I am no like G- Hendrix fanboy. Neither I, of, neither of us even agree that he's the best guitarist. He, I mean, he's probably closer up there for me than probably for you. Because yeah. I certainly recognize that he, he was very innovative. But mm-hmm. at the same time, yeah, I, I, I can't even say he's in my personal top five. Mm-hmm. Objectively, if I look at more things objectively, maybe I would put him higher there. But yeah. for me, it's like Clapton and like... I love Clapton. Yeah. He's up there for me. Of Steve Ray Vaughan. I love sure. Steve Ray Vaughan. Sure. He's, he's my dad's favorite guitarist. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I'm a huge Eddie Van Halen fan, but we won't get into that right now. Point is... I. I think a lot of people just kind of remember him for guitar playing. And while he has certainly a lot of hits and think people recognize, I think that kind of overshadows the fact that he made some great fucking music. Yeah. A lot of people remember him for the personality, too, and, like, stuff he did. Like, yeah. you know, of course, like, playing the national anthem, mm-hmm. setting the guitar on fire. fire like Playing with his teeth. Sure. Like, he, he set a lot of those trends. Um, and a lot of people don't remember, like, yeah, not only is he a trendsetter, but he's a good musician as well. Oh, um, and he, I mean, even a decent songwriter, because there's some surprising like how here how heavy it is mm-hmm. production wise. I mean, there's some really interesting songs on here. Like "Hey Joe" is iconic. It's a really interesting. I mean, it is kind of takes a lot of the classic motifs of a blues song, but it mm-hmm. is a really fresh take at least at the time of one. Yeah, certainly. I I think. I was I was listening to this, you know, in preparation for for the episode. It's like, damn, this, yeah, I think this one definitely does belong in here because there's, I mean, there's a couple duds on here, but mm-hmm. you know, it's overall there's a reason why this album is so fondly remembered. Yeah. So if you want to jump right into it, um, sales, I think we gave it a perf- no, no, we did not give it a perfect ten. What did we give this? We gave it a seven point five. I think it was another example of like it just had took a slow a while. start. Just took a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'm surprised it was that low. Um. Then overall quality, I think we both gave it an eight. Eight, right? Maybe I try to put it up a little D- higher. I think I think we subtracted that a little bit just because, like everyone knows, like Hendrix, great guitar player, singer. Uh, I don't know. It's, he's not a terrible singer. I mean, not a terrible. I mean, singer, it works but... for some areas, you know. I mean, like look at Foxy Lady. I mean, he doesn't really need to be belting on that song. <laughs> Granted, it's still a weird vocal performance, but you know, like I mean, I I, I still really like his um. Performance on Fire, which is my personal favorite Hendrix song. I really like that song. It's not the guitar playing; it's the drumming on that track. Really, it's got it's got it's got that really manic, crazy, full drum beat going for it, and you know, lots of drum fills. You know, I don't know. It, 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 that is kind of of its time, and right. I mean, I mean, overall, like, and again, you know, some listen to Purple Haze. It's like oddly heavy for that right, time. Right, you mentioned that. And you know, I mean, granted, I th- when was the White album out? When did the white, but was it 68 or 67? Yeah, because I, I, I brought up, like, you know, he, he's not the first person to, like, introduce that heaviness to uh, 
68. 60s rock well, because of songs like Revolution but even then, and stuff. Purple Ace, you know, I mean, Health Scout is heavier <laughs> than, right, the, right. than Purple Ace. So, but the point is, you know, th- there is definitely some innovation, which kind of leads into the impact. What do we get for impact? Um, what? I was assuming right. What do we get it? One is seven point three. I think I should be higher. I imagine you dragged it down. The the, the point is when because I, I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Was he the first ever guitar shredder? Because I can't think of anyone else before him that was doing it. Mm-hmm. At least to his degree. There's some tra- some early Beatles tracks where Harrison's going at it. Yeah. Um, but like the re- the idea of a guitar shredder, I would think yeah. starts with Hendrix. There was some, did surf rock kind of come before this or after this? Surf rock was before this. So there's a little bit there, I suppose. But yeah, I, I think I think in uh, the definition we give it nowadays, yeah, Hendrix was kind of the first shredder. Sure. Um, but he, and again, I mean, he, but here's the thing. I think a lot of it was also the fact that the, the, the idea of this very heavy kind of psychedelic, trippy, Music wasn't exactly a fresh idea. Maybe in the mainstream it was, but I mean, there were a lot of other garage bands that were kind of doing stuff similar to what he was doing. Right. We'll have an episode about that eventually, too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then uh, round it off with Legacy. Legacy. What did we um, get that? I think that was a 10. That's what kind of brought it up. 9.7. <laughs> yeah, 9.7. <laughs> I think that was just me being a goofball, but. Well, no, I, I think I think I tried to give it a nine. You said you think you said you were trying to give it a ten. Oh yeah. I, I just get I personally gave it a ten and because was... like I can't escape a 40-year-old man if I'm talking to a 40-year-old man about guitarists without him mentor- mentioning Oh, Hendrix. for sure. I mean so, he, he's just one of those default best yeah. guitarists ever. Right. And we can debate about whether or not that's true or not, but yeah. you know, I I mean, I think he at least belongs to that conversation. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I mean, overall, it's an 8.1. Yeah. Overall, I think it deserves the spot it got. Um, maybe if it, if we were creating personal lists, yeah, this, it wouldn't be as high or yeah. even make it on there My, at my all, personal, I, I don't know if I'd put this on my personal favorites, but right. you know what? Things objectively, that's yeah. kind of what this- The math doesn't the, lie. The math, that's what math was for. Mm-hmm. Just to keep our, at least to a degree, keep our bias out of the music. Right. And- if we're talking about more personal things, honestly, I personally don't think this belongs this high. Um, would you like to introduce this one? Yeah. Now we got Number one that two. you all will recognize, Led Zeppelin 1. In the days of my youth, I was telling what it means to be a man. Now that age, I've tried to do all those things the best I can. Everyone knows Led Zeppelin, especially because now we got people copying them. <laughs> but well, the, I think people have been copying Led Zeppelin for a long time, and, and Led, Led Zeppelin's, Zeppelin's been copying, copying people. people too. It goes full circle. Yep, just a bunch of copiers, oh, just God. a bunch of plagiarists. I don't know, <laughs> which hurt Legacy for me. But anyways, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, Led Zeppelin one. Probably not their best album. No, not even my personal let's, favorite. Let's, Led Zeppelin let's, album. let's let's give our opinions. Favorite Zeppelin album? Go. 
Physical Graffiti. For me, Houses of the Holy. Dancing Days and Day Your Maker are two of the worst songs. Oh, fuck off. I mean, they have some words, of the best no songs. Quarter. Two of the best songs. I, lo- I love Song Remain the Same. The yeah. Ocean's great. No Quarter is great as well. Mm-hmm. I can't every breath you say. I, I can't, can't remember anything about Physical that Graffiti, song. though. It's, too, it's just too... It's like... That's like too hippie. That's like too hippie for the 60s is that right. song. But it should be said that like not even like the first four like self-titleds even make our personal list. However, like Led Zeppelin 1 it's is... A great album. It's first a great it's, album. It's a great album and it does have certain, a, a fair amount of innovation. Um, if you just want to jump right into the numbers for this one. 9.5. I think, yeah. I think it, it's technically a diamond status. Yep. But it took a sweet time getting... To a lot of places. Right. Um, yeah. And then what do we get for quality? Um, that seems a little high. Nine. I think we, I mean, dude, I mean you got to look at the tracks on this. There's so many good I mean, ones. classics. I mean, Good Times, Bad Times is a great opener. You know, how many more times? Um, it's got. A, it's actually a really fuzzed out garage rock song. Almost. Yeah. I, first time I heard that, it's like, wow, that's not to sound like them. But then you got mixtures in there of the acoustic stuff, like Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, yeah. which is fucking awesome. You got, and you got the really trippy kind of oddness with, you know, Days to Confuse, yep, which really yep. shows off John Paul Jones' bass. Yes, yes. And then You Shook Me is a classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a classic guitar opening, you know, yeah. from Page and... And Communication Breakdown being one of my favorite Zeppelin tracks, surprisingly. I mean, so I know coming from me, that's weird, but... I Can't Quit You Baby is up there for me, actually. Like, it's it's really good. I mean, and there was some... You wouldn't get as much heaviness as something along the lines of, like, Whole Lot of Love that would come on the next album. So it's not as innovative as that one, but, like, it certainly has innovation. Oh, yeah. To an extent. It's Led Zeppelin, dude. And then, um... I think we debated this one. Uh, we gave Impact a seven. Why do we do that? I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, so why do you think Impact should be higher, maybe, for this one? No, I think it's adequately situated at where it's at. Be, well, I, I, I think it should be a six. Yes. Because, you know, well, no, no, Legacy is the thing that's hit. Because, imp, well, I think Impact's partly hurt by the fact that it's, I mean, this is a lot of this is a covers album. <laughs> yeah. Let's face it. Um, not always legally <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean it, 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 I mean, there's definitely some fresh sounds on here but some of the a lot of these songs were ones that people have heard before um i think in the albums that preceded it led zeppelin 4 being my personal favorite out of the self-titled yeah like I, and, and zeppelin 3 used a lot of acoustics in there and so mm-hmm. really i mean there was definitely some innovation there too yes so i think i think this was them putting their feet in but still kind of scared to completely diverge and create their own sound yeah. oh, we also gave Legacies a 7 now that's the one I think should be like a, a 6 mm. only because the fact that as, as we just alluded to they, they, they covered a lot of these songs or ripped off a lot of songs for this album right. and didn't give any credit for anything and didn't pay royalties and that's pretty shitty and yeah. I feel like that should hurt this album's legacy quite sure. a bit. And then there's also the fact that the other self-titleds hold high opinions in, yeah. in Led Zeppelin to fans, depending on who you ask. Yeah, I I, I think it's similar to Signal Mall in the sense, if you ask me, though, I think this can hold itself up. Yeah. Compared sure. to the other ones. All right. Drum roll, please. I mean, this one blew everything else by the water. Oh, like, for like, sure. Like, Led Zeppelin 1 tied with... Um, are you experienced for in an 8.1? This album 
overall got a 9.4. Oh, that's, that's a point, 1.3 points over yeah. the next one. All right, man. Are we going to keep hiding it or are we just going to say it? So I'm going to say, so number one is let's number so 10. <laughs> yes, dude. Number one is number 10, 10 by Pearl Jam. Yes. I kind of knew this was going to be number one. I, I kind of knew going in. So looking at our cards here, it's like, fuck, this album, like, you're wearing, your Pearl Jam, you're wearing your Pearl Jam shirt to celebrate today. I wore this specifically because I knew Dude, we were going to talk about it. For I'm sure. wore, and, it's, and it's the Alive single on here as Hell well. Hell yeah. And it's got the list of the songs in the back. It's, like, it's a perfect shirt for today. Yep. So, God, I mean, it's just, it's, oh, God, it's, it's 10. <laughs> what, yep. what, what can you say about this? So, 10? how are we going to tag this? Uh, let's just start by saying, like, I, well, when did you first hear 10? I want to know. You know what? Did of you hear all it the before grunge, Nirvana or after Nirvana? After. Okay. So like of all the this was actually probably the la- like the big f- talking the big four, maybe even the big five. We're talking the big five, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. They're probably the last one that Mud I Honey's really in there. Huh? Sorry, Mud Honey's in there. So the <laughs> I mean, I love Mud Honey too, but like if we're talking commercial success. Yes, yes. That those are the ones. Yep. I mean, I, I love L7, but I wouldn't put them in there. Mm-hmm. Do you know L7, by the way? Not as well as I know the other ones. Okay. You should check I'll out. I'll check them out. I love Orgasm. anything around It's a classic track. I love it. But anyways. So you heard uh, but, this. But, but, but so this was probably the last of those big five grunge bands that I really got into. I don't know yeah. why. Pearl Jam just kind of this kind of this appearance of a boring band to me almost when I was first getting into music hmm. which is blasphemy to say now oh for sure but like by the time but eventually I got into a live lot and it was like fuck okay this is really good yeah. this is like really good music oh yeah and everyone will give Pearl Jam shit for Eddie Vedder kind of starting the yeah kind of like well I think I'll shit you'll hear Lane all throughout Stanley the 90s was doing it before well oh, true well although then again Temple of a Dog they was that released before or after facelift? Well, whatever. I mean, point is, yeah, I mean, we can we can kind of give credit for both of them. Mm-hmm. But he did it well. There was actually soul in that too. And it wasn't like over the top. It was just kind of part of his voice and right. it really added to it, unlike right. the Creed dick. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Elio, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, I I first heard Pearl Jam. They were they were I discovered Pearl Jam right after Nirvana. It, the progression for me is course nirvana first then pearl jam then alice in chains and then soundgarden soundgarden i discovered last but are my favorite out of the big four or five soundgarden is, is a very very close second for me it's yeah. alice in chains sound can bring it big five alice in chains soundgarden um probably pearl jam that, well it's toss between pearl jam and nirvana. nirvana on the bottom don't be pretentious well no it's a toss between pearl jam or nirvana and then mm. Stone Temple Pilots. I love right. Stone Temple, but yeah. But even then, I'd probably put Mud Honey and L7 in there. Right. Dude, if we're talking about personal favorites, I'd put them up there. But right. Anyways. Um, I yeah. instantly fell in love with it when I heard it. The track yeah, Gardens. Love, but when I finally got around to actually listening to 10, it's like, fuck, this yeah. record's a classic for a reason. Gardens is what just completely grabbed me, and I listened yeah. to that track for like a month straight. It was the only thing I listened to was yeah. that track. I will
mean, I mean, I, I'm kind of predictable in the sense that Alive is my my favorite track on here. I, I, I love Garden. Garden's among there. I think it's a very underrated song. You can't forget about Porch it. Porch is also great. Fuck, Porch is so good, dude. Where? That opener. I mean, like, there, although, uh, there are, you know what, you want to stab into the ratings, just to, just to talk about this record. Yeah. I think it's just better to format it. Um, 10. It's a perfect 10 <laughs> on commercial. It's 13 times platinum. 13 man. times. It's crazy. And it went gold with like six months or something. It's, it's crazy amount, dude. It's like, it's another example, kind of like Guns N' Roses, to where it was kind of a little late to the game, but no, just came and No, but exploded. it's actually different because it wasn't really that late. We'll look at to that in a second. From the other debuts, it was late. It was the last debut, right? No. Never mind. It was, well, well okay, Bleach, well. Man. Well, Bleach was before then, but if we're talking like big breakout albums from these bands. 10 was the last one, wasn't it? The, out of all the debuts, 10 was the well, no, last Stone one. Type of Pod, its core is out in 92. Well, come on, just consider the big four for a second. Okay, big four. Pearl Jam was last, wasn't it? Maybe. Wait, I don't know. You want to check that for me, bro? Wait, no, wait, no, you're right, you're right. right. No, you're right. You're, 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 you're right there. Okay. But if we're talking about the ones that broke into well, we'll, we'll get to it in a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Well, quality, it's a nine. Yes, I mean, we, we gave it a nine because there's a couple. There's like one done. You don't you don't like oceans all that much. Ocean and deep. Uh, yeah, deep. Deep. I is down but, there for me. I prefer oceans but, but a little more than you. Not. I mean, oceans a bit weird. I mean, think of oceans. Such a weird song. First of all, that's a that was a single, which was odd. Mm -hmm. Odd choice for single. It was the last single off it. Granted, mm -hmm. but then you're in the middle of this album, it's. For main for a mainstream record, for me one of the most dark <laughs> records that you'll ever hear in your life. Right. You know, and the same album that talks about suicide, yep. suicide in school, yep. serial killers, incest, um, homelessness, yep. war. Yeah, the song about God, God, relax and chill out with the waves, bruh. It's, I love surfing, bruh. I like the fuck. Yeah, that's why it's like a cool little gem in there. You know, it's like it's a diverse. It, 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 it just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Yeah, I don't think well, it's a bad song. Still, I just think it's yeah. a really odd one to be in that. We'll album. agree to disagree. And then deep, she's kind of got a weird. Right, deep, deep was uh is very forgettable to yeah. me, but still, yeah, you know, doesn't compromise then, the album as all. Jesus, I mean, this, Jesus, this album. So, how many? How many songs are still played on the radio? Oh God, man, just dude. so many. So. I hear I, every time I turn on Lithium, you know, the Sirius XM yeah. station. There's even Flow or Alive yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, God, Once is a really. I think uh, one of my other favorites. Yeah. And, what, do uh, we, what do we give impact though? Because I'm impact. kind of 8.7. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think the reason it ended up with that is because like I said, it was, it was the last one to the game. It didn't, in, it inspired certainly in terms of vocals and everything that yeah. came out of the 90s. And even then, let me think about it. Like, if we're talking about albums that broke out, mm -hmm. the grunge albums that broke out. Yeah. Innovation, you know, mother love bone gets like, Every point in Vision goes to Mother Love Bone. You know Mother Love Bone? I do know Mother Love Bone. Good. That was, that's, a, that's a good answer. <laughs> but, um, but Not my favorite, but they're good. But they, they were certainly the, pretty much the first to, to this whole grunge game, as we're going to call it. And sure. um, certainly, they, they get all the points in Innovation. But if we're talking about the albums that broke out, I mean, technically, the reason why I wouldn't give it a 10 for me is because Facelift was technically charting. It did chart. It did go gold. I don't know if it went gold before this one mm -hmm. gold, but it was Man in the Box was certainly a charting hit. Right. Um, we Die Young had similar, well, not similar, but had some commercial success, I, sure. I believe. Had a music video at the very least. Mm. But 
So it, it does that kind of takes away from this. But this album was a few was about like a good month before Nevermind was released. Yep. So if we're talking about an album that really broke grunge, this this whole Seattle sound into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nevermind was the last gas for it. Sure, was like the breaking point, but like. I'd argue a lot of that really goes to 10. Yeah. I, I think 10's overlooked. Maybe it was like, never mind, you know, was the start of the grunge revolution. Like, no, not really. Yeah. It gets it gets a lot of that praise, but it's, not it's, all of There's it. a naked baby on the cover. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's why. Let's be real. That's why you think it's <laughs> oh, iconic. You think, you think America's that fucked up? <laughs> I think so. Oh, I think it got the commercial excessive dub <laughs> because of, there's a naked baby on the cover. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. We'll, 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 we should make an out of context compilation of all our clips, and we'll make sure that that's like the first yeah. one. Hell yeah, <laughs> Michael out of context. I would have probably the worst out of context for so. sure. <laughs> all right, let's end it on legacy. Dude. Legacy. Uh, I think we gave that a ten. Fuck yeah, ten is a ten. I mean, dude. seriously, ten's another perfect ten. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like, I mean, again, all these songs are still played on radio. Everyone, everyone's still pale. Talks about those albums to this day. Mm-hmm. It's easily the most remembered and the most iconic album. Everyone still loves it. And also, in a really more for me, really morbid reason, Eddie Vedder's the only like. I was like, just a, gonna say that he's, he's the like last the only one. original grunge vocalist there. Which is funny though, because when I I went to a record show yesterday, and um, I actually funny enough, we we're talking about Pearl Jam. Did you buy something? Uh, Forty five. No, something, something. Old co- an old copy of Spin magazine. I was, oh. this, he kind of guilted me into it, but right on the cover is Mr. Eddie Vedder. There you go. But like, um, this handsome is from like man. If I do say so. Nice yeah, he's easily the most handsome of all. He's aged really well. He still looks great today. Oh yeah. Like he sure. he doesn't look old. He looks like he's in his early thirties. Mm-hmm. Like I, if I were to go gay, I'd go gay. For <laughs> Out of context. Another one. <laughs> there we go. All right. Hey, I, 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 I don't feel shame for saying that. Mm. Yeah, he's the only of the big five grunge bands. He's the only one that's still alive. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad to think about it, but that is true. Okay. Let's end it, Let's end our list off by saying <laughs> wishing a long life to Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Someone right. keep that guy on a watch. We've, do not let him do anything fuck. that Chris or Kurt did. Please. Oh. <laughs> Or or um or Lane or or, or, or Scott, Scott yeah. yeah Jesus well, we, you know, we, we only forgot to do what before we talk about number one what our our personal favorites oh fuck well let's 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 we'll just, we'll just let's make it quick. Real quick yeah, yeah. make so, it quick I mean, personally I got a couple here mm-hmm. um yeah for me we're talking one that should have been on here well two that I think should have been on here for sure Boston's self-titled debut fucking classic. One of, if not the best produced rock album ever made, Fight Me. Peace of Mind and Smoking are two of the best rock songs ever made. Double Fight Me. Um, seriously, love it. Um, you didn't want to put Van Halen on here. I don't know why. <laughs> not a big it. fan. Oh, so I'm quite honest. B-52's first uh, best new wave album ever made, Triple Fight Me. I love the B-52's first album. It's so good. You love um, Psychedelic Sounds, the first 13-4 elevators. Classic, classic. We're gonna be, we will be like Michael alluded to, alluded to it earlier. We will be talking about that, about garage rock and towards, 60 the, end, psych- towards the end of the yeah. semester. This is definitely an album we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Fucking love it. Um, this is a purely I couldn't even argue this is one of the best. But personally, I love Carnivest by Silver Sun Pickups. Everyone by now should know I'm a huge fan of them. Yep. And then last but not least, we have Joe and Bias's first album. Um, everyone calls her the female Bob Dylan. That's 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 pretty not. It's not very accurate since they have very two very distinct singing styles. Mm-hmm. Granted, all oh, this this is a covers album pretty much. These are all old hymns. But for 1960, this sounded really 
like I, oddly ahead of its time. It's just her and a guitar. I think there's another guitarist at some points in it too. But mm. seriously, if you've never heard Joan Baez's first record, you need to. She's kind of a Nick Drake kind of thing, just to uh, kind of yeah. But like guitar. again, she has a very soulful voice, and it's still very chilling. Oh, yeah. And and she's also a very like political activist too. Mm-hmm. So she plays. She we shall overcome all the time. So. Yeah. Quick rundown. This is some of my personal favorites. What are yours, Michael? Well, uh, I have a little shorter list, uh, some of it a little more contemporary as well. First, I have Joy Division Unknown Pleasures. I feel like if you listen to that all the way through and we actually considered it for the list and we both based off of it, I feel like it could have made it. I feel like when yeah, you I, listen I, to this album, you're going to love it. I, I have a feeling. I know, I know a couple of Joy Division stuff. I, I, I don't have any doubt that I will get something out of it mm-hmm. i'm i'm not as pretentious as a joy vision fan to like wear around the shirt and stuff like that but i can't deny that unknown pleasures is a you don't shop awesome, hot topic awesome michael album. oh dude they don't see that's even too i think it's too pretentious for even a hot topic i've never seen a joy division shirt a hot topic i i, I think i think i swear i have i don't huh. know then i have james addiction nothing shocking i personally love this I, I i love i Brent, really like james addiction um they definitely had an interesting sound but like i i I can Good see enough what, for the top ten list. I can't see that. It's for me. It's personal. It, I love it. Is, you know for sure. Then I also have Audio Slaves' first record, hmm. um, because I, I I wanted something like Soundgarden's first is whatever. I wanted something Chris on there because Chris Cornell, my favorite vocalist of all time. I mean, I mean shit. It, audio, and plus Audio Slave, you're getting. Tom Morello's awesome guitar work that we there talked about earlier. You get Chris's awesome voice. Just all culminates into a great mm-hmm. record. And then lastly, uh, some of you might expect this. I would either go one of these, not both, just one. Either American Football, LP1, or Sunny Day Real Estate, Diary. Um, both so just, is that the one with like the like the, uh, the little Lego, on? yeah, little yeah, Lego right. figures kind of things? Uh, both just changed the scape in terms of emo at different mm-hmm. periods. Um, American football, the Midwest, and then Sunny Day Real, Real Estate just ushering in the, uh, out of the 90s and stuff like that. So, cool. yeah, that, those are my list. Last, we're going to conclude with the recommendations as always. You go first, my man. All right. So, again, like I, like I say, I used to like to, to suggest something that people would know. Well, mm-hmm. Sorry, that wouldn't know because that's kind of how I roll. Yeah. Um, this one, like, they are technically – they've. They've sold like well, like hundreds and thousands of copies of their albums in in Spain. <laughs> so I'm not, not trying to admit Spain here, but like I, I feel like we primary I presume we whatever audience we do have is primarily here in the US. So they might not have heard this band. They're called Dover. I know I've mentioned them to you before. I told you to check out a song. Mm-hmm. Um I really I don't know much of their other discography, and I've been really meaning to check it out. But the one album I do know. Um, um, it's called uh, I Was Dead for Seven Weeks in the City of Los Angeles. Mouthful of a title, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but um, there is a story behind that. I'm not going to get into it. But mm-hmm. I first heard this, this, the first song on that album, My Secret People. I first heard that when I covered uh, Judas Priest when they, when they played here mm-hmm. um, at the casino last September or August, whenever the fuck it was. Um, and this song came on, like, what the fuck? Like, it was the middle of all these classic rock, classic metal songs. Like, fuck, I've never heard this before. Right. This is weird. It was probably because they're they're, they're, all, they're all British, so it's probably bigger there than would would have been here. And it's like, wow, it's really good. It's really brutal. Like, like not like metal, like for hard rock, like mm-hmm. brutal, like hard rock guitar. It's like this really punchy, just slap, you know, that slaps you. It's a riff that slaps you across the face. It mm-hmm. was like really hard-hitting but at the same time these vocals were like really like 
earnest and charming mm-hmm. and like high pitch like the fuck this is weird this is really cool sounding i can surprised i'd never heard this before um so again they're from spain um they they had been making records before then this album was out in 2001 this is a record i feel like you're just gonna have to buy the cd i know it's a shitty recommendation i know you i don't want to buy anything well i'm sorry because i i will tweet you know when we release this i will tweet out like the one good audio version uh, I've, I've heard on YouTube for My Secret People because mm. all of them I've heard are just so compressed and they're in motto right, right. and they sound awful. So honestly, this is I think this is a record truly worth um, tracking down on CD. I bought it for like nine dollars, and you know I think it was worth it, mm-hmm. even though the the jewel case broke <laughs> right when I opened it. That was bullshit. But seriously, it's great. You can find the song "Better Day," "King George," and the the, the last call last weekest hour of the rooster. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. You can find those three in like the greatest, like in this greatest hits compilation on Spotify because you can't find this this album on Spotify, unfortunately. That sucks. So, yeah. But seriously, I think it's really worth tracking down. The production's awesome. Highly recommend it. Awesome. All right. Uh, my recommendation is a little band I found on Bandcamp one time um, and then tracked uh, their lead singer and guitarist, Corey Lott, to YouTube. It's a band called Nolberry. Um, yeah, I've put a, a few of these songs in their playlist. And by a few, I mean their only songs that they're released right now. There's a track called Mausoleum. There's a track called Nintendo on Company Time, and there's a track called Vegan Chicken, all of which are just absolute slaps, like the best fucking math rock uh, mixed with like emo and pop vocals you'll ever hear. It's um, the production's so unique, and there's tons of different diversions in vocal melody and things like that, and the guitar work is just absolutely fantastic. Um, The guy trains... Um, the guitarist is known for playing a lot of covers and turning uh, like mainstream songs into math rock. So he'll just basically that means just adding a tons of unnecessary tapping parts. And he does it all on an acoustic guitar on his YouTube channel. And, you know, acoustic guitars, that's pretty hard, hard to get those sounds out of. So he's, when he transfers that all over to electric, it's just beautiful how crisp and clean his taps can sound. No, I mean, he got, I bet he got famous and people recognized the band from his YouTube videos, but really, he's not like Rob Scallon and Jared Dines where he tries to do comedy or Q&As. It's all just straight music and covers. Okay. Like, there's no, there's no That's weird, cringy involvement in it. It's, it's very answer. low production. But, uh, but yeah, 
please check out those songs. It's a, it's a band that I really want to see release an EP or an album sometime soon um, that I'd like to see come to the mainstream. So All there right. you go. And uh, I, I I actually don't think we don't know. <laughs> I don't think we know what we're doing next week. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It'll be a, a little surprise. Um, l- moral of the show. Sometimes the band does it right once or the, the first time. What the fuck are you doing? What did you just say? I don't know what the fuck I just said. <laughs> I meant so to say sometimes the band does it right the first time. But I said once, meaning that they only do it right one time and then they suck the rest of the time. Sometimes happens, I'm sure. All right. I don't know. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Detroit. Good night.